ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. On ABC Radio, you are with Rod Quinn. It is time for our weekly look at the world of health and fitness and indeed our annual look at one of our old friends. And another of our old friends is Professor Gordon Lynch from the University of Melbourne. Gordon, good morning. Good morning, Rod. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, Good good to chat with you. Did you miss me, Gordon? Oh, very much so. Really? uh, Because I believe that Tim Webster did a great job, you know? (laughs) He did did a wonderful job, and it was wonderful to to, to (laughs) speak with him each week in the the interim. um, But... um, we're back together and a lot to cover for this year. Yes, indeed. And I appreciate your ongoing commitment to this program. You know how much we appreciate that. But, you know, one of the things that we do tend to talk about at the start of each year are the major trends in fitness for the previous year or what's happened in, in the previous year that is going to uh, really dominate the fitness world in 2024, for example. And... We might count them down from five to one. How do you feel about that, or do you think we should count them up, Gordon? Oh, whichever way you want to do it. I mean, it might it might go a bit more logically if we go one down to oh, five. Okay, well, let's start with number one, and this is the one that we talk about every year, and that is wearable technology. Now, given that it's been a trend, it's no longer a fad. I don't think it's a trend anymore. I think it's just part of. The mainstream, isn't it? When does it stop becoming a trend? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a very good point. So this, this is a survey that's done every year from the American College of Sports Medicine. It's, they, they survey around about 2,000 or 4,000 fitness professionals around the world and they, start, they put these different categories, you know, things like exercise settings, different ways of training and recovery, digital technologies and so on. And you know, each year, you know, the, the, the trends, the order of the trends will be dynamic because it reflects the changing way of the fitness industry and so on. But there are other things that hold their spots for longer. And this is the example of between a trend and a fad, as you mentioned. So a trend is something, it's a, it's a development or a change in a way that people are behaving. And that sort of will tend to be there around for a bit longer. And a fad is like a fashion that's taken up with great enthusiasm for a brief period, but it, Usually they go in and out of the the, the, the top numbers, uh, and not something as you say has not been a trend. It's actually become a mainstay. Is this wearable technology? It's been number one for the last, I think, three surveys. Well, actually, it's been you know, in the top number for for a long time now. Number one for three years running. And these are the devices that people wear. You know, there's usually it's connected to a smartphone, so you've got a device which is usually on your wrist, or it could be you know. Other other things in that you can wear fitness trackers, smart watches, heart rate monitors, things that track fitness and activity. Some things that they can measure, like heart rate. Sometimes they measure the the, the, the kilojoule outputs, the energy outputs, the sitting time, the sleeping time. All these different things, and and these technologies allow exercise professionals to to really sort of individualise day to day. So they've got clients they can sort of really monitor and it puts the onus on the individual that you can track yourself and I think that's a really good thing if we're taking our fitness seriously and recognizing how important it is for health then we can track our progress by just just having that device and it's really as it shows it's been up there as in the number one spot for the last three years and it's probably going to be there for next year as well. 
So wearable technology. You say it's been number one for the last three years. The wearable technology we have now, is it pretty much the same as it was three years ago? No, I think they're improving all the time, and you know, I think that's for if you've if you've got a, um, one of the devices. I wear a sort of a fitness tracker on my wrist, and it it has the software updates all the time, and you can see the improvements. But it's actually interesting that they put forward many different sort of uh, options for these things, and sometimes the next model that that comes after the previous may have fewer things because they've perfected them. I think. The device I have now is the next version of the previous one, and it actually has fewer options, because, but they're more reliable. So there was a criticism that certain things were not as reliable, but the technologies have been improving over time, and the reliability has been improving over time. So um, you know, they're really more accurate than they have, have ever been before. All right. That is number one on the fitness trends for 2024. Let's have a look at number two now. Now, this is interesting. Work site health promotion. That is where you work, presumably, they are interested in your health. Is that happening? Supposedly it is. And look, it, for someone like me who was involved, um, our listeners will know, the long-term listeners that I was involved with a company called Fitness to Live, um, myself and two other of my colleagues, we established this company way back in 2000, and it was one of the world's first online fitness companies. We also had a lot of workplace health site visits and, and programs that we could go into into different uh, businesses and in, and look at the, the health of, of the workforce. Now, I'm seeing this in 2024 on the list. It's number two, and it's new to the list. It's, it's influenced a lot, I think, this survey's influenced a lot by what's happening in the, in the United States, of course. But being on, you know, at, in, that, in that list, it says there's more of an interest in the health and the quality of life. And the reason for that in the workplace is it could improve productivity and, and the health of the, of the workers. So if we're spending about a third of our lives in the workplace, and I think employers, they have an opportunity to encourage health-promoting behaviours, and it could be activity, eating patterns, screenings, health screenings for their for their workforce. And the benefits could include you know, lower insurance costs because healthy workers are safer workers, increased workplace productivity, improved mental health, which is so important. And, and I think examples of these worksite health promotion um, programs could include access to, say, fitness facilities, health education classes, and the important, I think, that the screening, the detection early of these health issues that, that will affect the workforce. And if a business is, in, is investing in its, in its people, then I think that's going to be uh, a mutually beneficial um, outcome. I suppose it would help if you had a gym on site or something like that. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, very few have that. I mean, I, I mean, going back many years ago when I lived in the US, there were companies that I knew that had these, you know, they had, they were big operations and they had a work, a fitness facility for their workers and it was encouraged and they had a, a program of rewards and other things. So the models have been around for a very long time. The uptake has been, we would hope to have been a little bit more than it is, but the investment now, I think we've, we've learned a lot about the importance of health in the workplace. I think we're starting to see this, and it's reflected in the numbers, and, and certainly on the, on, the, on the trend charts, there, there it is at number two. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. All right, let's have a look at number three now. And again, this is something that we talk about a lot on this program, fitness programs for older adults. Is that moving up the charts, or is that remaining steady, and why is that so important? 
I think it's remaining steady, to be honest. It was number four last year, so it's it's up there and it's staying popular and it's catering, catering to those needs of the sort of the, the baby boomers and the older generations. You know, people are living longer, they're working for longer, they want to remain healthy. The whole concept of living longer is, is linked to what we call health span. So we, we want to live independent lives for as long as possible. Now, you're not just living longer, are we living better? And I think this is where physical activity and so on can, can really play a, a major role to that because we know that as we get older, ageing will increase the risk of illnesses. So it will be chronic illnesses, there will be cognitive impairment, the risk for falling increases and so on. And as you say, we discuss a lot of this on, on, on this show, regular aerobic exercises, muscle strengthening exercises, they're really important for reducing the impact of ageing. So if we want to maintain that independence and improve the quality of life as we get older, then the, you know, these fitness programs are going to be important. So fitness centres, health clubs, no doubt, they capitalise on the growing market because the number and the proportion of older adults is increasing. So providing these fitness programs for older adults is going to be very important. And I expect, Rod, that this particular um, you know, fitness programs for older adults will be in the charts up the top there for, for some time to come. All right. Gordon Lynch is our guest as we talk about the top fitness trends for 2024 here on Overnights. Number four, I've got to say, I find this curious. It is exercise for weight loss. Now, I know that people exercise for many reasons, Getting out of the house is one reason that people exercise and, and staying fit, living better. But weight loss, that's got to be the number one reason, surely, that most people exercise is they want to stay fit and lose weight. I think it's one of those initiators for what people get active and you know, it's often a link to the, the New Year's resolutions that we have. Exercise for weight loss, that was number eight last year, so it's continuing to be up there. And we know, as we've discussed many times in this show, being overweight will increase the risk for many chronic illnesses. So if you're taking those active steps to address this, and this is a worldwide phenomenon, we've got overweight and obesity across the world, regular exercise is going to you know, improve metabolism, so metabolic function is going to be improved, you can potentially reduce body fat. If we have exercise programs specifically for weight loss, then they're going to be this balance between endurance activities, strength training for lean mass, that's really going to increase metabolism and as well. But don't forget, it has to go hand in glove with accompanying dietary changes. So you can do a lot of exercise, but if you're not changing your diet, then you're really going to be up against it. So it's this double barrel approach, combining exercise with sensible dietary changes. So we're talking about sustainable weight loss. If we can you know, reduce our energy intake and increase our energy expenditure over the longer term, that's going to be a safe way to get weight off. But most importantly, right, it's about successfully keeping it off. And I think uh, these exercise programs for weight loss, they're getting better. It's just getting people involved and keeping them on those programs. So there's a challenge there, but it's clear that this is a, a health issue, overweight and obesity that's not going away. And we know that exercise can help. It's how we can deliver those programs and get people involved and keep them on those programs. All right. That's very important. And finally, the number five uh, fitness trend for 2024, mobile exercise apps. 
So there's an app for everything, we know that, but what is a mobile exercise app and why is it trending? Yeah, uh, this was, uh, it first appeared in the top 20 back in 2016 and as we discussed with the wearable technologies, the, the technologies keep improving, the apps keep improving. So these exercise apps, they, they to provide options that can hopefully increase physical activity for those that are using. So the consumer can use a mobile app to, to track their exercise activities, they can receive feedback on their performance compared to what they did previously. You know, some some of them provide mechanisms for social support, so keeping you within a particular network of similar exercises and and tracking each other's progress and encouraging encouraging each other, providing tips for learning new skills about how to exercise, new exercises, new ways to exercise, and so on. And they're remarkably sophisticated these days. And 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 fitness delivery via your phone has changed so much, and it's so much improved over the last 15 years or so. So mobile exercise apps, I'll put that in at number five. There were a number of other self-serving ones of of, of, of about professionals and, and their involvement. I've pushed this one up to number five because I think it's really there it is. It was, it's in the, it's been in the, in that list at number you know, 17 since 2016 and now it's, it's really up in the, in the, in the, in the top numbers. So there it is. It's come a long way, and it's going to continue that way, I think, because of the sophistication of of these devices and the technologies that go with them. So that's worldwide the trends that we're talking about on overnights this morning. Gordon Lynch is our guest. What about in Australia? Do we pretty much just follow the way it is uh, in the rest of the world, or do we forge our own path? It's very interesting because the the trends in each country will differ and I think that's there are various reasons for that in, in terms of what infrastructure is available and, and, the, and the various markets that are there. I mean, I, I think if we think about the, the COVID pandemic, COVID is still with us. It hasn't, hasn't, gone, it hasn't gone away. We're some, a bit sort of complacent about it these days, but the impact of the pandemic did have, and it probably still has this influence over the, the, the industry uh, globally, in Australia for for 2024, the, the top fitness trend was actually exercise for mental health. Now that this that trend was number eight worldwide, and I, I actually looked at it and thought this is pretty impressive for our country to have exercise for mental health in that in that top list. So we're, I think we're beginning to appreciate and acknowledge the importance of movement, physical activity on cognition, you know, brain function and mood. Uh, you know, we think about mental health. More generally, it's, it's the emotional, the psychological, the social well-being. It's it's such a critical part of overall health and and, and wellness in that that term. I think if we think about the impact, one in eight individuals globally affected by some degree of mental illness. Now that's that's pretty scary. And I think if we think exercise can help protect against that, then that's a really important message to get across. So. Physical activity, exercise can improve mood, it can improve mental health. So if we can develop programs and provide programs that provide support that's going to address mental health, I think that's welcomed. And the fact that Australia was leading that, I think that was really, really impressive. So I think if that can continue, I think we hold our heads high, given that that's a really important issue. Other trends in the top spots for Australia were fitness programs for older adults, so that's similar to the worldwide trends, but they had group training, so group fitness training and functional fitness training. So 
programs geared towards more about functional fitness, how we go go about our lives. Um, that's been that was in the, in the top spots for Australia. So similarities and differences, but the fact that exercise for mental health was right up the top um, was pretty impressive to me, and I hope we can continue that. Well, I know one trend that will definitely continue in 2024, Gordon, and that is that you and I will be talking every week, and if I'm not here, I'm sure Tim Webster will be filling in, but uh, that's something I'm very much looking forward to as we continue in how many years now? Is this 18, 19 years, Gordon? Uh, This is, we're in 22 years, as a matter of fact. For you, yes. For me, and you and I together, it's more than 15, that's for sure. More than 15? You better believe it's more than 15. I think we're up it, to about 17 years. Gordon. Is it 17? Yeah, it's, it's, extraordinary. It's, amazing. it's been a wonderful journey and so much more to come. All righty. Gordon Lynch, Health and Fitness, thanks very much. Thank you, Rod. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 